Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello. We're at our Fall Pop-Up Podcast Center in New York City, and we welcome Mike LaCour, who's the co-founder of FP Pathfinder, which is a great tool for advisors to be more diligent in their planning process. I'm really excited to find out how they make that happen. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Doug, thanks so much for having me on. So what's the origin story of FP Pathfinder? What's the big idea as you're working and you're also working as a financial advisor. That's right, yeah. So uh, essentially, I come from a background of advertising. And uh, you know, more than a decade ago, I was helping create ads for clients. And I come from the Hartford area in Connecticut, and a lot of our clients, they were in insurance and investments. They had banks and credit unions. That was our client roster. So I got to know the industry very well. After a couple of years there, I transitioned over to become an advisor, to work specifically with my father, who has been an advisor, a financial planner, since like the early 80s. -hmm. It seemed, for me, just a natural transition, because during um, my time at an advertising agency, I wasn't able to work directly with clients. You couldn't. Yeah. But our communication eventually reached in front of the clients, the ultimate, the, the investors. Right. And, and I found that uh, to be captivating there, to, to get closer to talking with clients. So it made sense to work with my father. He was actually looking for his like, retirement plan himself, somebody that could come in and work with clients so he didn't have to work necessarily 40, 50 hours a week. So I worked with my father for a number of years, and he was really helping to coach me on how to be a better advisor. Learning the business. Learning the business, right, the craft. Except I struggled from like day one on understanding really simple, seemingly simple things. Like, can I make a a Roth contribution? Clients would call me up and I'm brand new. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, you can do that. But but then I'd get off the phone with them and go, no, 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 they they made too much money. They can't do that. Mm -hmm. Or I would say they can't do it. And I feel smart because I thought that, oh, wait, we went over the annual limits. We can't do this. But it turns out, that there were some exceptions, and all of a sudden they could do it, and I had to call them back, and I always felt bad. So as a new advisor, I just started to sketch out the rules. I made a flow chart, and I sent them around to some people in the office, and they're like, hey, this is kind of cool. Can I see this? And so, so then I started making a couple more, and I started sending them around to my friends, and then they liked them. And so then I started sending them to bloggers. And one led to another, and all of a sudden, I was sending them out to different types of people. And I realized one day, I was looking at the, like the email list of people that would come back and say, I'd like to see more. And there were a lot of individual investors that were saying, I'm curious to learn more. Can you add me to your newsletter list so I can see new flowcharts that you're putting out? But I was also seeing financial advisors email me. So... I was like, maybe there's something here. So I kept emailing more and more people, more and more bloggers, and that's what led me to Michael Kitsis. Mm-hmm. And so he came, we started talking about flowcharts and checklists, and, and this whole idea of FP Pathfinder was born, of creating simple tools like flowcharts and checklists 
that can be used to have a more diligent conversation with your client. The origin story is a little like the um, gentleman who was helping his um, person with math that just blew up into... Yes, yeah. Isn't it? It, it is. Uh, what, what's the name of that company that's doing that? I forget, I forget. But it's just, it's like that. And now Microsoft bought them. Right, right. It's a, it's a phenomenal concept right there. Right. And it was just an experiment. You know, we, we got started very, with a very small idea, mm-hmm. flowcharts. They came out as PDFs. There was nothing fancy about what we were doing. And we just wanted to test the market. And we saw, hey, people, people find this stuff interesting. And then it led us to just make constant evolution into what, what we're doing going forward. So taking something from an idea, sending it to Michael, who would totally get it because of the way his brain works, it's, and, and then launching it, it's never simple. So what kind of help did you have doing it? Well, so there's two parts. Some, some of this is, is just the inspiration that, that launched the concepts of checklists and flowcharts and what makes these things interesting. So the very root of this is a, um, a gentleman named Atul Gawande. He wrote a book called Checklist Manifesto. And he outlines this whole concept of what checklists really do in this industry. Not just this particular industry, just all industries in general. And he lays out a couple of very interesting stories over there that really led to the whole inspiration of what we wanted to create. And... And so that kind of was like the philosophical side of what we were putting together. But then there became the whole aspect of how do you deliver something? It's not just the content, the checklist, but it's how does it get in front of the clients? How does it get used by the advisors? And so that was a lot of the technology side there. And we, we started off very consciously not wanting to build out some amazing, like, full-featured product. We kept it really small. It was 12 flowcharts. And we got feedback. And the first piece of feedback people said was, this is cool, but I want to put my logo on this. <laughs> now, I don't want to see FP Pathfinder on here. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to change the colors, and I need to be able to white label this and have a disclaimer on the back, because I want to give this to my clients. And so that's when we started to innovate. And we've taken one step after another based on what our members are saying, to build out a product that eventually morphed into more of a fintech offering because we have API integrations now. We, you can fill out the checklists or your client can fill it out and the answers get ported over into the CRM, right? So it's just this whole idea, this asking these simple questions helps to uncover more planning opportunities. And now with technology, you, now you can not only just find out what the planning opportunity is, but now you're logging it so you can then follow up and solve it and address it with clients in subsequent meetings with them. What a wonderful marriage of your advertising design background with your new interest of being an advisor. Who would have thought it would all come back together? No, no. (laughs) So I can see it, but tell us how it helps advisors. So, okay. Financial advisors are using us in one of three ways. Some advisors, they, they understand a checklist and flow chart. They go, I get this. This helps me on the back end. This is my secret sauce. And a client will never actually know this advisor is using a checklist or flow chart to provide guidance. So here's the for example. I had a client that I was meeting with. 
because I still am actually a financial advisor. I meet with clients on occasion. And the, because the, a new company doesn't have you busy enough. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also because I've got a lot of help that I can actually keep <laughs> my feet in both businesses. The client said, hey, I just met with somebody in my office, and they were talking about this NUA strategy. It's a, basically a concept of moving money, your investments out, your NUA. Is that a common term? Do people know that? Maybe you want to okay. clarify. So, so it's like net unrealized appreciation. Basically, in your 401k, if you have stock in the company and then you're going to transfer that out, you can do that in a special way and have preferential tax treatment on it. Well, I wasn't prepared for that kind of question, but this client really wanted to delve into it. So I excused myself from the meeting and I went over and I found a, a flowchart we had on NUA distribution rules. And I was able to... By the time I just looked at it, I understood what the conversation flow needed to be. I understood it conceptually, but I only deal with that like every three or four years. So it's not something top of mind. Okay. So that's one. Another case that I run into is an advice, like a client will call up and they're going through a life event. I'm buying a house, job change. I've lo- I lost a loved, loved one. Like that's when the clients are calling you up. That's why they pay you money is to guide you through some turbulent times. And the last thing you want to do as an advisor is say, hang on, I know you're in a crisis mode, but I got to go do a little bit of research. And, and the sad thing is that a lot of advisors, especially something like client passes away, where you're only dealing with that once or twice a year, maybe, the, the sad thing is that advisors do a lot of searching on Google right then and there to try to find some guidance. Now, maybe those rules are outdated, Right? Maybe it's incomplete. Like you, don't, you don't know. You can't trust everything out of Google. And so that's what we come in to try to solve. So there's a checklist. Issues to consider if your spouse passed away. No, all, all the life events. So it, we try to address all those major conversation points. So maybe when you're done with this business, you can go to the big institutions, to their service centers, and solve those issues as well. Right. Um, so checklists are important, but, you know, tell me, tell me why. And you, you kind of started and you gave a good explanation, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. So let's, yeah. So, um, I guess this goes back to a tool, Gawande's book, where he talks about, it's a checklist manifesto. And the premise of the book is that he gets, he gets tapped to help with a project, and this project is basically being uh, generated from the World Health Organization because they're seeing something happen at a global scale. There's, there's this, um, this, this thing is killing about a million people a year and it's disabling about 7 million people every year. That's like on par with malaria and tuberculosis, right? But it's not a disease. It's the complications from surgeries. And the research that was coming out was saying that between 3 to 17% of all surgeries result in some kind of complication. Now, that depends on, like, the type of surgery that's being done, where it's done, what country, the kind of doctor, what's going on. But it was, it was killing and hurting millions of people, and it was preventable in a lot of cases. So they called Atul Gawandian, like, this brilliant individual. And they're like, hey, can you help figure this out? And so he goes around, he's studying, interviewing, 
And he comes back and goes, everybody, I got it figured out. It's a checklist. All of, like, it's like 80% of all of these, these complications can be solved if we check for these nine things. Nine, maybe, I think it's like 15 things. It's like seven things that you should, you should do before anesthesia is turned on. Okay, check the name, check what we're actually doing. And then here are the seven things we need to do before that first incision is made. Right leg, okay. left leg. Yeah, right. It's, and like clean the wound, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then what are the five things that we need to do at, before the patient leaves the operating room when they're all done? And if we do those things, we're going to see huge success. And so they rolled it out, and it actually was, it was a huge success by doing that. And so that led to him writing this book and looking at all these different industries. And it's just one story after another about how checklists really were able to save time, save effort, save lives. And, and I mean, it was the birth of FP Pathfinder, the, the genesis of that whole concept. When you're talking to advisors who are using FP Pathfinder and, and your checklists, what, what, what's some of the things they're telling you? Well, so it, it kind of gets back to a, a question you had asked earlier, and I only partially answered it, about how advisors are using us. So uh, what I started off with was some advisors will just use us as behind the scenes. It's like their secret sauce. But very quickly, we found that advisors didn't want to just keep this as secret sauce. They wanted to put this in front of their clients. And that's where we've been spending the vast majority of our time. And as we continue to innovate, it's... It's how do we make this, how are we putting this information in front of the client in a better way, more helpful? And, and so some advisors are using us in their marketing efforts. All right. What they want to do here is they want to be able to show their clients the complexity of financial planning. We're in the business of simplifying it, right? But now we can go back and say, look, Here's how complex it is to consider doing a rollover, a raw conversion, qualified charitable distributions. It's more than just a couple of lines in an email, right? It's more, there's a lot more that goes into it than just us plugging the numbers into a calculator or a projection. There's other things to consider, and we need to, con- we need to talk about that. Or you don't have to worry about it. We've covered it, but if you want to see the background, we have it over here. And so, like, for an engineering-type client, it's helpful over there because they want to know that you're covering everything. And so, in that case, it's helping to have better client engagement. In some cases, it's helping on the marketing. But it's helping to act as that conversation script over there. So it's not necessarily behind the scenes. It's very much present, part of the, the process. And then, and then it makes further evolutions about where we're going in the future, and it's kind of building on some other concepts that we're starting to see more and more in the industry right now. Um, just some other themes that are, are starting to emerge out there. Um, this is a big question, and particularly since Michael just released his new iChart on, on fintech companies in the, in the industry. So what are some of the trends you're seeing on the advisor tech landscape, and how's FP Pathfinder yeah. evolving to meet the more needs of advisors? Well, it, it is interesting because we, we didn't really have a home on there for 
a number of years? Where do you put a checklist and flowchart business? You know, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but the more you talk about it, it's brilliant. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so the big theme that I see there is the whole emergence of the advice engagement category. This was a category that didn't exist uh, six months ago, a year ago. And, and so the concept here, well, it's a working concept. We, it's, a, it's a new category. We're still trying to define it. Uh, it consists of folks like Asset Map, FP Alpha, uh, Bento, and uh, there's a couple of others as well. But the premise here is that advice and the engagement of that advice is becoming more and more critical. And, and so there's, there's discussions about what does that actually mean? What, what's advice engagement all about? And so the way I'm answering that uh, currently is that it, it's akin to what's happening in healthcare, where they talk about patient engagement. And not all patients are the same. They have different learning styles. There's different themes about what they want to do, what their goals are, what their knowledge base is. And, and we can make those connections back to our industry. So the whole idea of not all clients are going to be super engaged. They're not going to want to go down the details of certain financial planning topics. They want to stay at a high level. Or maybe they only care about investments. They don't care about tax. Like, like they don't want to talk about tax. It's just... They just want to know, what's my rate of return? Okay, it's like a one-issue client. And, and then you could keep going down like this, this spectrum of, of engagement, and you could go down like they're interested, but they're super nervous about everything. So they need extra hand-holding. Or maybe they go down to the point where they're not even returning emails or phone calls. They're completely disengaged. A lot of times we write those clients off. Right? They don't return my emails. They don't, they don't call me back. So I'm going to go focus my efforts on the highly engaged clients because they'll, they'll return my phone call. They'll see it's a two-way street. And so to, to me, as I see uh, engagement, it's providing tools that help to bring all of that together, the like the variability of clients, bringing them together and having software help to do that because we all show up in different ways. So how's FP Pathfinder enhancing the advisor's ability to deliver a personal and memorable client experience? Yeah. So what we're seeing, the big theme, and this is not just a theme that we're kind of building on. It's, we're seeing this more and more, especially on Twitter and uh, some of the, the stuff that I'm hearing about from Kitsis.com. It's the service calendar approach. And, and so the, the story here, the, the genesis for me as to when this kind of like the light bulb went off was I was at a conference and a, an advisor sat down. And I asked them, how was their business doing? How did they structure it? And they said, I send four emails out a year to my clients. Like four e What are you talking about? Hmm. And he goes, okay, so first quarter, I send one email out. The start of the quarter, and I say, I'm going to just focus on taxes for this quarter. If you want to talk about anything else, please wait until later on in the year. We'll cover it. But right now, I'm going to just focus on taxes. And then comes second quarter, sends an email out saying, 
I'm going to just focus in on investments. S upload your statements or schedule a time to call and we'll get something booked and we can go over your investments at this time. And he rolled it out. It was like insurance was one quarter, estate planning was kind of alternated with insurance. And then there was an end of year planning discussion. And so together he offered four different touch points for his clients. Not just like we meet with all of our clients once a year. He's going, you can, we can get something scheduled four times a year if you'd like, or you could just talk once. Maybe you don't care about end of year planning opportunities. Maybe it's nothing's really going on. Like, but the point was, it was four different engagements and he could do it scale in a scalable way. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of look at this with service calendar concepts where you could roll this out. Like I could have six different touch points. Once, a, once every other month, I could reach out to my clients to talk with them about something. And so FP Pathfinder has kind of built on this whole concept where you send out an interactive checklist to your client. Say, hey, we're looking at cash flow right now. Please go through this checklist. Check the boxes. Add notes over here. We're going to flag these planning issues. It's going to show up into our CRM and schedule a time for us to talk. And so as the client, they start to look through this thing. Maybe they're going, oh, cash flow. Cash flow is fine. I got plenty of cash flow. But if they go through the checklist, in a lot of cases, it can probe and uncover planning opportunities that the client wasn't even thinking about and maybe the advisor wasn't aware of on their own because it had been three months, six months since they last talked. And so it forces interesting observations and nuggets to get the client to think. And then when the, the client and the advisor meet, they're not trying to uncover this information. They're not trying to do the checklist live in person. They've already uncovered everything. So the meeting is actually spent solving the problems. I'll get you out of here with, with this one. A startup is so much work. Oh, I'm going to ask what you're getting out of it, but I can hear it in your voice. But yeah. did, tell me. Um, it, it's changing for me. So when I first got started with FP Pathfinder, I thought that the best thing in the world would be me locked up in an office, listening to music, making flowcharts. It's therapeutic. If, if you're um, sitting here right now looking at Michael, he's not reading his answers. He's got a flowchart of things he wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but now it's evolved. And what I'm getting more and more excited about is the excitement is flowing down to other people on my team. Mm -hmm. And having them get excited fuels me even more. Well, and it's, Great leadership is contagious. Well, it's a new craft. Yeah. You know, that, that's, the, that's the thing. You, you think, okay, I figured out how to make flowcharts. I'm going to just do that. But I don't make flowcharts that much anymore. In fact, other people on my team, they do a better job at it. Yeah. And so that, that's what just uh, super exciting for me now. That's great. I, I love this. Um, Mike, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, if people want to learn more about you and FP Pathfinder, please visit fppathfinder.com. Great. Thanks so much. We'd like to thank our friends at Jay Connolly for hosting the Podcast Center. This particular podcast was brought to you by my trip to Ralph Lauren Coffee. Yes, there is such a thing, and it's fabulous. Please visit us um, at Advisorpedia and follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. 
For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.